Hey there, Shopping Maniacs! You're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show Podcast, all about friend and web design and development. I'm Dave Rupert, with me is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris, how are you? Hey, dude. I'm doing pretty good. Another day, another day, another technology happening. Yeah, you building technology, you establishing enterprises. Um, I am. I really build technology every day. I feel like right in the middle of a, you know, I've been in the middle of this long, big project for a long time. And it feels good, but it's, you know, it can be an emotional roller coaster. It's been, I'm such a ship it kind of dude, as you know. That it's, oh, it's, you? It do- <laughs> Interesting. And <laughs> noticed that over the last 10 it's years. It's not just blog post. I like to just <laughs> ship features and sh- just, I like to talk about the work I'm doing. In this case, it's just not possible. I'm talking about, you know, future code pen stuff because it's just got a, you know, you know, I've been thinking about this, like, I think this is a very cliche tech statement is the we're trying to replace the engine of the plane while it's flying. I've heard that a lot of times over the years. And it, I think because it's an apt metaphor for a lot of websites. So many people work on websites that already exist. Most of us aren't building a greenfield thing. And in fact, after day one, you are working on a website that already exists. And so if you want a big change to that website, you can't just turn off your website, rewrite it, and turn it back on. Probably mm-hmm. because your business model does not allow that. It needs to support mm-hmm. the existing product. It, people are paying monthly or whatever. So a lot of us are like trying to rip the guts out of websites and replace it. It's tricky and there's not a lot of writing and help and technologies aren't necessarily built around that concept. So, uh, and we have a lot of customers that we got to support, a product. We're trying to not do nothing. You know, we have this big community and stuff. At the same time, build whatever is the next generation. It's just taking a long time because we're really trying to do it right. So part of me is like, man, we're so blessed because we have a good business model already. We're already profitable. We're already stable. We're we're paying people. We're taking care of ourselves financially. And we get to build the next gen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, so it's not it's not a do or die thing. It's not like, oh, we look at the road ahead of us. There's only three months or we're dead. There's none of that happening. And that's what I mean by bless. So but it's uh, part of it. You know, when you're down, you're like, man, is this is this big? And is this a gamble? And is this, you know, yeah, all that? Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I hate the build a plane while flying metaphor. Just just because that's not how airport main, airplane maintenance works, like, at all. Like, like, you just, if we were to hop into an airplane and suggest that as a method to fixing the plane, <laughs> we would probably not get too far in the uh, Federal a, Aviation a no. Administration. Yeah, just, nope. <laughs> so, you take the plane offline and you... Use the backup plane or whatever, uh, but right, you have I think, lots um, of planes, and you land the one that you need to fix and change it or something. There's still a metaphor to be had there because not everybody can afford two planes. But uh, the 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 one, and this is probably problematic to out the wazoo. But the 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 one I like is like you're pregnant, you know, just that you're you're growing a feature, you're growing a feature set, a, a new thing. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of anticipation that comes with it, uh, but you still got to, like, go to work or, like, do your stuff or, you know, like, it's still a deal. Um, you still got to manage life, you know. It, you never get to uh, – but you're you're excited for the future of the new thing, but you you have to just do the work and, and, you know, take your vitamins, your 
and everything and yep. grow the new thing. So, but yeah, there's lots of personal growth in there, but there's that like kind of that cost of not shipping that has a interesting I think toll. I, I want to write a, a blog post on that because I think that's been coming up in the Paravel discussions quite a bit. Just with Luro, it's like, you know, we're not under a threat of not shipping, but it's like, you know, I, I think like a lot of organizations, you build a thing and guess what? Like it doesn't happen because of whatever reason. I've had dozens of stories like, you know, I think my worst or least favorite one was when like a feature got held up or a whole app we were building for a software company in Redmond, Washington got hung up in legal, you know? And, and it was just like, man, that's like unfun. So it just like got, and wow, so that's a bummer. And it was a blog post of yours about how about, you know, it was, it was quoting Apple, but it was a general kind of concept is that there's something really powerful about the like excitement cycle, which is mm-hmm. like you ship and then you ship again and you ship again and you ship again. And there's a lot of value in that. I mean, if you're making headlines, you know, like and you have three or four product lines where you can say like, that's new, that's new, that's new, you know, like, and yeah. And I almost think this new pattern of like these feature blast weeks that that everyone's doing. Figma mm-hmm. did it. Nellify did it. Um, all Cloud these companies Flare does are, it. Cloudflare does it. I mean, they're all great. Like I love new features, but I almost feel like it's like an anti-pattern because you're kind of like, you know, you get all your features in a week. All the headlines come out in one week. You know, um, it would be mm. better if those were just kind of roll-ups of of things, or if they're like pre-announcements. You know, so that you could. Kind of be like, this is what we're working on in in three weeks. We're going to have a bit more to tell, you know, or something. That's kind of what Apple does, you know. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's but, a, if there's a mix between you. It's really like really like one thing or like two things, and then you like sprinkle a little extra crap on it to stretch it out and call it a week, <laughs> you know. Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. Here's the here's the big one, and here's this other one, and then here's like. A blog post one, and we launched a Discord, and here's a hackathon or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's usually the format, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. I, I mean, I, I don't mean to poke fun at Astro because they, they had a little bigger release than that. But I feel like you could do that. Is that and really why you're calling it a week is that if you called it a day, it doesn't feel like enough in these days of ephemeral social media. Bleh, you're gonna miss a lot of people who just took Thursday off because it was mental health day or whatever so it's got to be a week or two <laughs> right astro week I, I guess that keeps you in the conversation for a whole week which in social media time is like forever so yeah. that's you know kind of a big deal so i think that's the real the real deal is that it, you just need longer on social media essentially yeah yeah time is is mm-hmm. power time is power and I think there's uh-huh. a planning aspect to it, isn't it? I think I've heard it said that it it helps your team to align on things. Mm-hmm. There's deadlines associated with it, and just it's just easy for your internal people to wrap their head around. It's like, hey, the week is coming up; better be ready. I bet that I bet that helps. Like in in like Apple has like WWDC or whatever. Like, guess what? That's coming in a week or two. The all the teams inside <laughs> Cupertino or whatever are like pushing hard to hit that deadline, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. 
It's, I, I think there's a lot of value in that, but I just, you know, it's, I think the, too, that cost of not shipping is like huge. And, and I think, you know, I think you lose talent. I think you lose employees and what I've been reading or interviewing people to, or like sometimes like one person will quit and they'll change that dynamic of the team enough that 10 people quit or whatever. Like you kind of like almost lose a whole arm of your company just because that one person like got frustrated or, or for right reasons, you know, not like they mm. rage quit, but like it, your organization can be as sensitive as like just one person got a new job and guess what? Two, three other people are having less fun time. And then all of a sudden you have a whole missing arm of your company. So it's interesting. I so. know <laughs> that stuff. I you know just well aware of 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 looking at companies and seeing them seeing their velocity being highly based on staff. I mean, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. it's just no company is immune to it. Just because it's Twitter doesn't mean that they've got this entirely figured out and that if anybody leaves, it's no big deal. They just replace them with some other incredible developer who's just as fast and productive. It's like, no way. That's yeah. why I'm so, I just am so convinced that if you like have a Elon Musk inspired exodus of of certain people, that should, you you don't just next week be like, and now we've implemented all of Elon Musk's great plans. It's like, no, right. you didn't. You got to hire up and spend a billion years getting people acquainted with how this thing even yeah. operates. Yeah. And the bigger it is, the slower it, that'll take, you know? Could you imagine what hackery it goes into keeping, like, Twitter's database up? Could you imagine, like... I can't even. I know they like use Cassandra, which is like a document storage or so, of some kind. But like, um, like, could you just imagine? I mean, it's just like there, there's probably so many weird, yeah, whatever buckles keeping that thing together, and and you have to figure them all out. So I, I think of that like a uh, you know like an aircraft carrier. You know, and I've seen shows that are like, what's life like on an aircraft carrier? Real world aircraft. And it's all a bunch of 20 somethings (laughs) having sex with each other and whatever. And you're like, yeah, I bet there's a lot of that. You know, a lot of this like, you know, young Top Gun kids and testosterone crap and whatever happens. But there's also some like 60 year old dude in the bowels of that ship who runs the nuclear reactor that is required (laughs) for it to move forward. Who's probably not terribly stymied by the day-to-day drama up on deck? Gus Gus doesn't care about the. No, uh, but you better as hell hope Gus doesn't quit. You know, if Gus quits, the boat the boat goes a lot less faster. Yeah, no, he's like the guy down in the muck in Waterworld, and when they like flick the cigarette down, and he's like, oh no. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, well, so. Exciting things on the Paravel side. We we are uh, we've made some hires for oh, Luro, so which is kind of cool. So we're um, and we we did end up going the junior developer uh, route. So oh, from we talked about show. that last week, didn't we? Um, and uh, we think this person is cool and it'll work out. And so, uh, but yeah, anyway, so that's kind of what's uh, starting. But we're st- starting to do, and then another senior developer is going to come on full time. He. Uh, 
taking a break between jobs here. One but, senior, um, one junior. You split the diff. Split the diff, and then we're going to um, kind of just build out the team, and then or, or work together, figure out where our edges are, and then see if we need to hire somebody else, like maybe somebody more back end specific or DevOps specific or something. Mm. So we don't know. It's kind of like up in the air, but you know, there's always work. You know, I don't know. Oh, there's always sure. work. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.com slash CodePen. That's Notion.com slash CodePen to help you take the first step towards an organized, happier team today. That again is Notion.com slash CodePen. I know this is Shop Talk Show and not CodePen Radio, but that's the URL we got just to keep all them clicks all consolidated for this overall sponsorship. Notion is the best. As you know, I've done videos about how we use Notion. We've talked about Notion a ton on CodePen Radio and Shop Talk Show. It's a phenomenal software product. In my opinion, really changed the game for for the, and kind of like invented a new category of knowledge management app, which is kind of how I think of it. But it's it's an app that's really at the core of running any kind of business, but probably mostly you know, software technology businesses, because that's where my brain is at. It helps you plan projects and have shared calendars and have shared meeting notes. And, you know, what you can do with it is really open-ended in the best possible way. Everything you make is like a database or documents and it's all nested and has good permissions levels and stuff. I know I'm speaking very abstractly here, but once you get into using it, you're going to find it very natural and comfortable to use, especially in a team setting. And it just really brings people together. And I have no doubt that it's made us a better place to work at the places that uh, uh, the businesses I've incorporated Notion into there. It's like Notion is where the work happens a lot of times, and I really love that. I also want to say one thing about how I appreciate how they get the details right at Notion as a company. For example, for a long time, anybody says, where's the API? Where's the API? For years and years and years. Finally, they're like, here's the API. And it's super well done and it's well documented. It has good default integrations. It's just a super well done API. To the point where people were just like, um, thanks. <laughs> That's perfect, actually. Great. <laughs> you know? And then they took a bunch of time to get even a little detail about how text is selected across blocks in the document editor. Went Just underwent this great improvement of how you can select text across them. And it feels just like you're selecting text in a natural way that you'd expect in any text editor, which was different before because of the block nature of editing. A little hard to describe, but if you don't notice it, well... That's what they wanted. They didn't want you to be like, oh, why is text selection weird in here? Which it kind of used to be a little bit. Uh, and now it's just better. And I appreciate that. Like, we're going to spend time on that detail. Not on some necessarily some big flashy thing, but just on getting the experience of using the app good. Thanks for the support, Notion. This actually reminds me of a question we got in from an, an anonymous person who wrote in. Wrote in and I'm writing in because I like software, but I've hated all my jobs. <laughs> oh, okay. I've worked for two Fortune 100 companies and venture-backed, two venture-backed startups. And neither, mm -hmm. all, I guess that's four companies. None of them are right. At the Fortune 100, I get good hours, but I'm not particularly proud of the work I do. Uh, I feel like code quality and performance take a back seat, you know, as long mm -hmm. as project managers are crossing stuff off their list. 
Mm-hmm. Then there's this rotating cast. You know, higher-ups can't choose what the priorities are. Yeah, there's there's pains there. And venture back, cap, you know, the, the startups have this, like, grind thing going on. You know, growth at all costs. Blah. Right, um, right. Break your neck. Give, give me your youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Just need, we need a little bone marrow in the surgery. Put your blood in this bag. <laughs> I need your blood to stay young. What's a weekend? Uh, anyway, those do seem like big extremes. I mean, you're talking Fortune 100. There are literally 100 companies, and they're all in that, unfathomably yeah. large. Uh, and the and the and the and when you say venture backed, that it's have you tried uh, Fortune five hundred or Fortune one thousand? Yeah, I'm like, can <laughs> you narrow this in a little bit? Go, go why don't you go to the Fortune nine hundred and twelfth company? Might be a little different story, or a startup that isn't necessarily didn't get like a two hundred million dollar check. You know, mm-hmm. how about how about one that's a little more I don't know, family spirited or just has some good teeth to it or something that's a little mm-hmm. more normal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't know what to tell you anonymous like uh, you did you did pick the extreme so you've you've shopped around but doesn't this feel like a, 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 a the three little pigs situation here you know you need a little just right porridge here anonymous yeah this seems like a just right um situation a a baby bear uh porridge um <laughs> you know the uh what's interesting uh about the porridge is it does not follow the law of thermodynamics but whatever that's fine. The babies is small but it's too hot that it should be too that should be the cold one anyway. Yeah, uh, mama bears but, should really be the perfect porridge right, but that's it's just I'm, not how that's it what I'm panned out. Anyway. Okay. Um uh, okay, so I I mean I think like yeah, there's probably a middle ground in the company size you know um i will say i totally empathize like i've been in the big um with like client work we get kind of embedded um you know in in the there's a really demoralizing feeling when you feel like your work is really just a bullet point on somebody's linkedin you know like like they're driving you so that they can get a bullet point on their linkedin and get a new job you know what I mean? And that's a, I've seen that. I have felt that like, yeah, it's kind of demoralizing. And then, um, you know, so that's not a good feeling. I've been there and it's not good. And I, the, the rotating cast of higher ups, I've seen that too. You know, it's, it's these like, you know, and people kind of in bigger organizations, uh, I feel comfortable saying this people kind of worship leadership, you know, they, they like almost in a sycophant way, you know, it's like, Oh, the boss said we got to do this, you know, cause their success depends on pleasing their boss. Right. And their bonus or their whatever, or their livelihood <laughs> depends on pleasing one person. While as you're like trying to manage like 20 different stakeholders and, you know, stuff like that. So that, that kind of rotating cast thing could feel bad. I, one time I was working and I was just kind of cross cutting projects cause I was on a design system or something, or I was just working a few different jobs. And I was like, I have eight managers. This is terrible. You know, like it was just, I just was like, this is not fun and I need to back out. So um, that's happened. But then working for the, like the small thing, you know, that is as much as, you know, I don't know how code pen works, but it, 
the whimsy can get really tiresome. You know what I mean? Like where it's like, hey, guys, I was showering. and I came up with this amazing idea. Uh, we're going to implement it overnight. Ready? Here's some Red Bull. You know, like <laughs> that's violent. That's violence. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. How's it work at CodePen? Is it you like showered and you chose violence? No, we we joke about that these days. In fact, we're like post joking about it because it was so it was a joke for a minute, and then you know we used the joke too many times. But we used to call it Twitter driven development. <laughs> the joke, the joke got said. Twitter driven development. Okay, yeah, that was the early days. Was somebody's like, you should have that, and we're like, yeah, we should have that, and we mm-hmm. put it in there with no, you know thinking of how cleanly it was implemented, what kind of future technical debt problems it could cause, you know, mm-hmm. I'm really discussing it. Maybe only one person worked on the feature too. Maybe you didn't even talk about it. You just put it in. That mm-hmm. is, turns out that's, <laughs> that's considered violence these days, which I kind of agree with. And it would just never happen again. You just, uh, you just turn into an adult at some point and you stop doing crap like that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, can be such a, a disruption, you know, and I've even, I, I don't know. I feel like I've been in situations where a manager just wanted to flex and see how come up. He like came up with some dumb, but practical idea and wanted to flex and see if people would implement it, you know, like see how quickly it was almost like a test or an agile test or something. Um, and well, there's I, I a lot just... of fortune favors, the brave thinking out there and like, Ooh, they're the person at Google who, you know, invented doodles or something. And, yeah, and then yeah, they, yeah. now they're legendary, you know. Right, right. So Which I, I, I appreciate the anybody that, you know, pushes the sentiment that there's no lone geniuses and that technology is a, you know, an amalgamation of smart people, the teams of smart people riffing on each other. It's a little healthier place to be. Oh, I mean, it is. I, I mean... I've heard, I heard somewhere, I want to find, like, building the software is one thing, but a company is really, like, you're building the machine that builds the machine. And so, if you can focus on that, like, I and that should be management, I guess, but, like, but but you're building the machine that builds the machine. And so that's the processes, the workflows, the code, the architecture, you know, that builds the machine in a an efficient way so that everyone hopefully whatever makes money, gets customers, gets rich, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Um we're still so, capitalists here people. We're just adult versions of <laughs> adult versions that are tired but no uh, <laughs> but you know i it's i it's never that simple you know so i mean in you know i don't know I, like it's there's been a lot of tech has been on a big swing for a decade you know and it's you know astronaut prices to hire somebody you know so like it, it's incredible so i mean i'm in this business slack <laughs> right with yeah. like 20,000 people it's oh my wild. god it's weird but it, it was sort of, sort of like for people transitioning to business leadership blah 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 it got recommended i like it um or it's like helpful-ish for me um but the um but there's like this compensation channel and these people are just like hey it's 
600K, you know, with like 12 million in total compensation good for an L2 Google employer, you know? So like staff engineer at Google or what? Yeah, I'm just like, these numbers, what, what planet are these numbers from? It's just, it's just bizarre. And, and so I, I, you know, and that's the thing too. It's like, you have levels that even that, that idea is very, very novel to me. Like there's levels of engineers. This is incredible. So. Right. And as soon as there are, then doesn't it, don't doesn't it kind of lend credence to the idea that you better have some rogue ass idea that you're trying to pull off. Cause how are you going to go from L2 to L3? If you can't point to something and be like, I did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have this, uh, but yeah. You, why don't you get points for like being a good team member? Yeah. Cut down build times. 10%. I was yeah. the person who fixed this prod outages. Like, I fixed, uh, we, we, yesterday or two days ago, I was like, my Docker deploys were failing, Chris, right? GitHub actions, Docker builds the, the, the doc or GitHub actions builds the Docker, pushes it out to DigitalOcean's Docker repository. Registry thing. Registry. Yep. Okay. Where's the it's logs? It's taking 22 minutes, and it just says, like, it's sending out 17 little bundles, hashes, you know, uh, like files or whatever, binaries, like, or whatever it is they send. Uh, and two of them are, like, not making it, and the whole thing crashes after 22 minutes. It just says, nope, couldn't do it. Mm. All right. I do it again, because sometimes if you just do it one more time, it passes, right? Doesn't work. Six times. Finally, all of them get over the fence, right? And it deploys. And we're just like, and I reached out to my friend Scott and I was like, what's going on here? He, like he helped set it up. Like any ideas just, and he was like, oh, you know, what's weird is your, it looks like your digital ocean doctor, Docker registry is in France, like Germany, <laughs> FRA one. Oh, smokes and shucks. Oh, well, that might explain why the one gigabyte Docker can't make it in under the time limit or whatever yeah. is because it has to go to France. So we moved it to the U S and it all seems to work, but boy, howdy, what a, what a mess. Yeah, you got like, a little you know, gold star for that day. Cause that does take kind of a lone person to figure it out. Kind of. Well, and it, it shaved five minutes off the Docker deploy or like Docker registry deploy. Well, you're still up against the edge then, though, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you I turn mean, 22 to 17 and now 17 works, that probably means 20 is the cutoff. Well, I think before it was like failing, failing, it was like 11. And so now it's down to seven. So we're, we're oh, okay. seven minutes. We're doing some, we have to, we put a lot on the Docker. So that's probably our fault. But anyway, but it's, um, and, you know, all the, that stuff is, that's another issue I'm dealing with is like servers are all underpowered, you know, they're like core I-5s and all this, you know, and like, you're, they're like, hey, you get a CPU, but it's with like 7,000 other people. So <laughs> crypto miners. And so good luck, you know, and so you like have no <laughs> CPU guarantees on the server. So, but like, how do you, how, if somebody fixed that stuff, how would they be rewarded on the skill tree? You know? So. Yeah. It seems that DevOps stuff is a little measurable because it's, because it has costs. So you can be like, oh, you are 
you know, I can just look really high level. I don't even mm-hmm. need to know. I can just be like, we paid $17,000 last week, and then we hired you and said you should lower that, and you made it twelve. Okay. Yeah. Good job. But <laughs> what about the person in your organization who just says no? They're just like, hey, can we do mm. this? And they're like, no. Immeasurable, right? And they just <laughs> saved you half a mil because they just said, no, <laughs> I don't want to. And like, do they get points? You know what I mean? No, they get office curmudgeon award. They get the Dave Rupert office curmudgeon sure, but they're trophy. they're probably so useful. They're like, you, Salesforce is big. Shouldn't we do some kind of something with Salesforce? No. No. You win. Yeah. I have now <laughs> saved the company at least half a million dollars. And I, where's my reward? Where's my steak dinner? You know? So it's, it's, oh, I don't know. Funny. So, or like, or I, I think of Melanie <laughs> Sum, Sumner right now. Like, uh, you know, if, if somebody's like, can I do this cool uh, UI widget? And just say, no, it's not going to be accessible. Or like, we will spend a fortune making it accessible wouldn't that be cool she should get points so just say no no i like the no being rewarded for for no-ness but yeah there's just no that's a it's funny but there's it's also super true and there's no solution and we're all screwed i mean you don't want to be like office wet blanket you know that's a hard position that's a hard social <laughs> position on the social yeah. ladder. Maybe at leadership levels, though, it's okay, though. You know, if there's only, you know. Right. If you have a CTO saying no, maybe the that's more clearly valuable or something, or mm-hmm. that it's less questioned. Right, right. I don't know. All right. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by another podcast. Another podcast that just so happens to be even a little bit older then Chop Talk Show. And we've been here for 10 years. For over a dozen years, the Stack Overflow podcast has been exploring what it means to be a developer and how the art and practice of software programming is changing our world. From COBOL to containers, from Rails to React, the Stack Overflow podcast is the best place to learn what's happening in the world of software development. Each week, you'll hear from working developers and leaders from top technology companies hosted by Ben Popper, Cassidy Williams, Matt Kiernander, and Ciora Ford. The Stack Overflow podcast is your home for all things code. New episodes twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for the support. Well, we got one here from, uh, yeah, Andrea Roning. This is a scope thing. We were talking about a month ago, we were talking about tags and CMSs, you know, Mm -hmm, Dave, mm -hmm. you could tag your posts if you wanted to. I I started to, I started to now. I'm getting better at it. Yeah. And so let's see, you, you know, you wrote one about that cool gopher site that released with the play date. You could have attached, you could have tagged this post gopher. You could have tagged it panic. You could have tagged it play date. You could have tagged it all those things if you wanted to. Hopefully there's some value in doing so. Um, It does help people bop around the site a little bit. I have, you know, some questions in my mind about how truly helpful that really is. 
<laughs> I wouldn't, I'm not anti-tagging. I just think in the end of the day, it's probably probably more useful for you than it is for users. Because mm-hmm. I feel like users, they use search functions, they browse, but tags aren't exactly knocking it out of the park for, for UX reasons, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Not anti-tagging, but I just think they have limited utility in a way. Andrea suggests, though... In WordPress land, there is a field just built in right to all tags that they have a description field. So if you want to use it, you can. And then on the template where you spit out tag template, you can just be like, does it have a description? Yes. Then echo it out, meaning that there's no additional technical debt really that you're taking on to make a tag page more special. And I think that's pretty cool, actually. Mm -hmm. So that if you really want to make a tag page, like the home base for this topic on this website, you're really just one field away from, you know, outputting like, hey, welcome to the Playdate page on Dave Rupert. This is all of the content that we've written about Playdate in, and you could even reorder it or, you know, yeah. or something. Like make that like, tag page a little more useful. It becomes more of like a landing page than it is just like an archive page. And I think that's cool. Oh, yeah. And so, because uh, she was saying uh, Edvara has a tag for Ensemble, which I assume is some sort of software. Uh, but and they kind of turned it into a page, and um, it's like one of the first search results. So uh, yeah. on Goog, so that's free. It money. can work. I think there's like a mental flip that switches. That's and the mental flip is I'm going to make this page useful. However, I can think of to do that, I'm going to do that. But I'm going to use tags as like the internal technology to do it. And- I like that, and I could probably do that because my tags are. I try. So the hard part I'm having is like keeping a good taxonomy, like. Like, I I would pay somebody, <laughs> I've tried to pay somebody, but, like, I would pay somebody to teach me how to tag good, how to do tag good, and what word do tag good, and I want to know what word do tag good, and it would really help me in, in, uh, in, in pairing that down, but I could also take those, and I could just have a dictionary, and, you know, I go, like, whatever whatever, you know, tag description dot tag, and then I can echo that out. So maybe I'll do something like that to try to make my tag pages a little spicier, a little better. So maybe there a couple of things I'd add to this is that is that there's you, mm-hmm. Dave, and or a small team doing tagging mm-hmm. is a different concept than opening up tagging to the world of user generated tagged content. Right. Very different. Very different. Yeah. And then trying to leverage control over that if you ever wanted to. Very tricky. Yeah, yeah. And then there's the concept of ML or machine learning is often tag-ish, you know? Mm -hmm. When it looks at content... (laughs) <laughs> this is how I understand the machine learning stuff that powers some of CodePen by the company stream. They look at lots of co- stuff that you've engaged with, and they, they kind of make tags out of it. But you, if you look at the tags, as you can explore this process. You know, we've gone through this with them, and they're like, here's, here's like the last week of, of tagged content on CodePen. <laughs> it's almost gibberish looking. Really? It's like not, it's not how a human being would tag stuff, but it's not 
it's not just ASCII characters or something either. You can tell that they're it's strings being chopped up Grouped into pieces in based kinda, on this stuff. Yeah. But they're like unintelligibly weird. But that's okay because, you know, science is being applied to these things. You know, it's you almost don't want to wrestle control over it. Just like let it do its thing, you know? Well, and somebody had mentioned that to me. They were like, you can like you can use there's tools that will like summarize your post, your markdown, it'll read your markdown and give you some tags based on that. Or or like I think that you can like auto tag in WordPress, but then like even somebody there's like Jekyll auto tags and it basically like spits out the Ooh. tags and and like figures out what you're writing about. I think my issue is like when that goes wrong or I'd want to be able to set the like confidence threshold, you know, pretty high, you know, but, um, but when that goes wrong, that stinks, you know? So, um, but I would just love to, I don't know. I, I think I like Andrew's idea of like, don't just do it. Tag pages, do them, but make, try to make them special. I like that. If you could rank yeah. by popularity, I think that would be huge show. Badujo, that would be so good. Mm-hmm. But that's hard to Here's do. Here's one right? thing that I did on CSS Tricks that I ended up kind of walking back, but I wanted it to work. It just didn't work out how quite how I wanted it to. Is We had tag pages. We even had category pages, too. And if you're not careful, those are essentially the same thing. So <laughs> careful there. The encouragement is that you only have, like, a handful of categories but have, like, hundreds or thousands or unlimited or whatever and tags. Categories should be hierarchical, like folders. Is how I think of it. So like, and they are, yeah. But still, in practice, they're not no. really that different. <laughs> and <laughs> it's it's apparel, men's apparel, and women's apparel are all one, three different cat- flat categories. So yeah, yeah. yeah. You, it, it's on you to make them different, and that's actually not a bad one. Mm-hmm. I think. I think those are okay as categories and nesting them is kind of works. What I did though is what I, one of the reasons I kind of didn't like tags, even though I had implemented at the time, you go to the tag, it, it spits out the tag big and bold at the top of the page. It even had reordering mechanisms in there. So if you landed on the React tag, you could see recent content, you could see the most popular content, you could see the oldest content if you wanted, or mm-hmm. there's all ways you could look at random content if you freaking wanted to. None of those felt like runaway great to me. Mm-hmm. What I kind of wanted was curated ordering. Like, yeah. this is our React page, and I want to pick what you see first. And I might even want to write why you might want to see it first, mm-hmm. which ends up like, then that's a blog post. <laughs> It's like sort of yeah, just, yeah. So it like and it because it didn't. It, I don't even care that it stayed up to date. Really, but the way that I ended up implementing was basically like post relationship fields where I could make a new and we call them guides, which was unfortunate because we have a we had a lot of guides that were just hand authored, just like mm-hmm. a big old guide, and it made sense to use the word guide, and then we reused the word guide in this unfortunate way to mean. Like these curated content or, things, yeah, series. Uh, yeah, we should have picked a better word. Series might have been better. Yeah, yeah. But you'd make a new one, and then you'd hand pick the stuff you want. Like, yeah. oh, this this is what you should look at first. This is what you should look at. But in practice, it just felt like a tag page. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel you know, the ordering was maybe better, but not that much better. And it didn't really open up any doors to talk about why I think you should look at this one first. It didn't. It, it didn't feel very special. 
So now there were these hand-created pages that needed to be hand-maintained that did not update themselves that weren't really that special. And I think that's kind of why I ultimately gave up on them. It's just, they just didn't, they didn't hit, you know. What you'd hoping for is that, dang, we have 18 posts that have variable fonts on them. We have lots of good variable fonts. And so nobody's handwritten a big guide to amalgamate them all together. But I wish that there was a URL that we could send people to and that would hit SEO-wise pretty strongly, that was the landing spot for variable fonts on right. CSS tricks. And we we just couldn't, I couldn't crack that nut. Yeah. The way to crack the nut is to write the blog post that kicks ass. Don't write 18 blog posts. Write one. Right. It's amazing. I wonder if, like, you know those, uh, I think uh, Sarah Sweden has these, uh, but the, like, preview cards almost, like URL preview cards, sort of like a Twitter card, but for like content on your own side or somebody else's side or something. Um, I wonder if you could like kind of like a notion when you like embed hit, put a URL, it's like, do you want me to create a cool bookmark thing? You know, like, like, could you do that in a block editor and just like write a bit, post a link, write a bit, post a link, write a bit, post a link, you know, uh, with a little preview card kind of thing. And maybe that's a compelling format. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's something I'll try on my little week post, which I fell off of, but you could just because you're like, I'm going to talk about this. Here's a, here's a, take a look. So maybe that's something. Yeah. So. Maybe, maybe what you need is flexibility and that you know that you're going to go on and off different formats and stuff, but it, maybe it just doesn't matter. Mm hmm. Yeah. Just write about whatever the hell you want. Right. It's fine. Hey, yeah. Build flexibility. So flexibility. Here's one from, um, speaking of blogging, Tyler Dupre writes in if each of you, were to start a blog on a specific piece of web technology and you couldn't choose CSS, what would you choose and why? Um, hmm, SCSS. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, man. That would, that would not click these days, would it? Even though it's so highly used, it's one of those technologies that's probably huge, getting huger, and mm-hmm. nobody cares about it. <laughs> right, right. The NPM install chart is off the roof, man. It's just jumping up, man. Um, hockey stick. Um, I have two choices. I can do this. This web one's components. easy. This is the easiest question. Web components. I've already been talking about them. But specifically, yeah. kind of like what we did with that details utils video, which is out on uh, – <laughs> it took a few tries, but it's out now on the YouTubes. Um, the, like, like where you talk about a cool – a a cool web component that is just kind of a standalone one-off web component. Like, Hey, I used this the other day. Um, and it's Mm. like sweet. I don't know. I would use it again. So like, yeah, I think that would be kind of like a, a web component review site. That's literally what I'm talking about. And maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I'm not that, uh, hungry for more projects, but that would be something interesting a web component review site, because I feel like there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, I, like um, I don't know, like you, you want a sommelier to, to sort of just say, Hey, this one's kind of good. Like I ran it through some accessibility things. It seems all right. Use that. So like that would be kind of candy. The other one is RSS tricks, which uh, we are working yeah. on in a uh, GitHub organization. <laughs> now we have an org. So, you know, you actually do, don't you? We That's do. Funny. We do. You're not invited. Yeah. So, yeah. 
<laughs> well, you know about running a blog. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, no, uh, yeah, RSS Tricks as well. Uh, that's uh, yeah, Alex and Melanie from the Discord. RSS Tricks. It's funny. It's like, is your XML valid? Nailed it. Nailed it. Well, <laughs> surprise, in three months it won't be so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to RSS Tricks. Yeah. So. Well, you know about escaping. Uh, the what was I going to say? Mine would be you know it, it depends on what the goals would it be. Would it just be like pure pleasure, you know, you know, or would it be you know a strategic play in some way, which mm. is hard me for both. me to Give me both. escape Give me both. my way. You know, I think if it was, I don't know, it's hard for me to separate the two actually, but I just said the word machine learning. Wouldn't that be interesting? Pick one that you don't know super well. Mm-hmm. Say, this is my blog about machine learning and dedicate yourself to it in assuming that you don't fall off, you know, which is a huge risk when starting stuff like this that it could be your journey from real novice to real master. It could be your ticket to that. And that appeals to me Mm -hmm. to like, if I just was to go big into machine learning, there's like value there. There's artistic reasons you could do it. There's certainly business reasons to do it. There are jobs in that world, you know, and there's just like, I'm interested in science and technology and that's a thing that's happening in that field that could be really cool and interesting i'd worry that i would lose i would lose steam on it you know so i'd want to pick something that i feel like could value me anyway but i would like to go niche i think going too broad is going to kill you there's lots of technologies i think that could use a niched out blog that's not connected to them so Mm -hmm. i think of how you'd think that there's like thousands of blogs that write about WordPress news mm-hmm. because it's so huge. And there's just not really. It's like WP there's, Tavern. And, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Which is weirdly like owned by Matt. So a little weird. Not, it's not, not talking about influence or anything, but it's funny that he had to make his own news site in a way. There's more than WP Tavern, but none of them are like incredible, you know? pick us something else then like what if you like loved astro and you may say like i'm just gonna blog about astro and it could be tutorials and you could play with themes you could talk about the news you could summarize interesting conversations in their discord you know you could go crazy and just be like the astro person and that's probably gonna work out well for you Mm. somehow some way it's gonna go good yeah you could be a Cloudflare pundit. Just learn everything about Cloudflare technology. This one actually appeals to me, you know, and post ideas and post news and post tutorials on how these things work and, you know, do pricing comparisons. And, you know, there's a million things you could write about, but then you're like the Cloudflare guy and untethered from them, at least at the beginning, until they buy yeah, you. and then Until they buy you. So And they should. I mean, maybe that's how you get into something like that, you know? Like, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Also, I got a job at Wufu a million years ago. As I just kind of, I didn't do it strategically. I just said, oh, I love that crap. Use that all the time, you know? Boom, job. Got it. Yeah. It's tough to, like, uh, pick your, like, um, to hitch yourself to a technology. I, I remember when I was in college, Chris, remember college 20 years ago now? <laughs> I do. 20 years ago, my friend Brian sat me down and said, you have to learn this. It's gonna be. It's gonna be web development. It's taking over. Uh oh. Brian was talking about Adobe Flex. 
So, oh, which I was, was going to guess. I was going to oh. guess. I would have got it wrong for sure. What were you going to guess? Um, Python. Python. Yeah, no, close. I think he does Python now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Brian wanted me to do Adobe Flex, right? And so Adobe Flex was the successor to Flash, and it was made for building UIs. It's, it's actually kind of, I think, was under the hood of like all of Adobe's applications. <laughs> so it's it's basically like a uh, very app-driven uh, UI framework. It had like a UI kit kind of built in, buttons, toggles, accordions, all that stuff. And so you just drag them onto a canvas and then hmm. it spits out a little, it was flash under the scene, but it would just split, split, split out a little movie and that was your UI. And so had action script and all that stuff in it. And I tried to learn it like three, four times, but I just, you know, got distracted. I wasn't doing web development full time. And so I just like leave and then come mm-hmm. back. And I was like, Flex is so cool. Do you remember, do you remember mint.com? Do you remember that? It's still around. That's Sean Inman's analytics. No, thing? no. Like uh, no? the, it was bought by Intuit, but it was like the budget app or whatever. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Mint.com. And you had this little, chart you could drill down and see your finances and stuff like that and it was really it was like whoa i'm drilling into my money and it was so cool uh almost like a, a tree chart or something and for your webpack bundle but it was yeah it was cool but then it was like that was flex basically and so it just was making these compelling experiences but it just you know didn't make it so it didn't win so being the flex guy probably would be okay you'd make some money but like you wouldn't be there. Your situation would be would change radically when Flex didn't take off. So I don't know. So maybe don't be the uh, I don't know, the the I don't know whatever the off brand tailwind guy is. So don't be that. <laughs> don't be that. So, or maybe be that. So. There is a little risk there, you know. Like I, I just, I love uh, uh, David Walsh. You know, we mm-hmm. came up together. He was a, he was a Madison guy too, like I was, and we both started blogs and did well. And he was always such a positive dude, and ended up at Mozilla and loved that, and mm-hmm. just was you know, bl- just blogging did everything for me, you know. But I always was like, you throw your lot in a little too hard with Moo Tools in the early days. You he was a big Moo Tools, Tools guy, yeah. and I knew it. I could just smell it in the water like this ain't the one bro and you and jquery and you won I so went there JQuery, you go but i knew i knew no, when i picked just it at kidding. the time i picked the winner yeah um, <laughs> yeah no see that's that's maybe the the tough part is good technique i mean even that's okay but he liked it you know don't force yourself into something you don't like but yeah picking the picking the runner up even is with rough. like web yeah. components i'm a little like is that really the best <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> I worry, I worry, but betting um, in the web platform is usually a pretty, usually a good a pretty choice. Good bet. Yeah. Well, and so I, like accessibility project we did, like that's or it's still going. Um, but you know that was like accessibility focused. Um, I would do one about security. I think like there needs to be a little more security education. You know, just like accessible security information. Because right now it's like yeah, you gotta freaking know what you're talking about, though. You know, that was you do, but scares but, me. You know, but even just stuff like nonces and stuff, you know, like like right, you know, or even defining the types of attacks that you have to look out for, or whatever, what you can do, like 
don't use inner HTML unless you know what you're doing, you know, or you trust that content or something. So there's so many of those things that you need to know that, that don't come in the manual with the job. No one tells you when you get the job that it's in the manual, you know? So, um, I wish that's true. It is in this weird bucket, right? Of, of learn on the job things, you know, you're like, what did you do there? At least sometimes frameworks help, you know, Rails notoriously escaped everything and React has dangerously set inner HTML. Right, right. Which I think that was a good play because I think people were using it and they just were like, well, 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 let's not use that. And I know oh. I'm always partially annoyed when I have to do it. And then and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Well, in, yeah. my <laughs> issue it. is like there's sometimes you like, oh, inner, dangerously set inner HTML. That's awful. That's terrible. Your render function, though, is just it works perfect, you know, and I know they're like building out a little AST tree or whatever, but I'm just like, okay, but why, why is, if I put the word render in front of it, it's all cool. We're all cool. We're cool. You're cool. I'm cool. But like <laughs> if I don't, and then in view land or sorry, lit land, if I do like, um, the HTML tag template literal, you know, why, why is that cool? And I think it does some sanitization in, in the process of building that template, but like, why is that cool? Why, why can I just do that? So I know what you mean, though. Yeah, and so, sometimes it's it's my my own fault. Even I'm like, oh, I can just pass in some JSX as a prop, and then it will just bleh, then I can just spit out children or or whatever that prop was that I wanted to otherwise, and then it's just kind of reminding me to do a good job, <laughs> which I yeah. don't mind. Yeah. All right, Dave. I know you got a thing to go to. Yeah, I got a hard stop here, so I apologize. We do have some more questions, so but hey, always as always, dear listener, please send in your questions. We love them. They're they're fun. They're it's better when we talk about your stuff. So we we love that. So, uh, but thank you for downloading this in your podcatcher choice. Be sure to start our favorite up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter for sixteen tweets a month at Shop Talk Show, YouTube.com slash Shop Talk Show for. Uh, new videos we're doing them there's two up uh this week and then uh or last week and then so we'll probably do some more we just need to schedule it out and then what else we got we got uh patreon.com slash shop talk show for the discord which is popping off so all right chris you got anything else you'd like to say shop talk show.com